Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Hone Sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Ingunyamas? This is Phantology, Steven, Josh, and Ryan with an episode that we're really excited about, The Rage of Dragons by Evan Winter. This is one that we've been wanting to read for a long time. Honestly, don't know why it's taken so long. Just, I guess, the the life being hectic, etc. has moved things back. But we're finally getting to it, and just in time, too, because the sequel comes out just next week. So to get this no-spoiler discussion, started we're gonna give a little backstory of the author and the book do like a maybe brief summary of what you can expect talk about why you should read why you shouldn't read etc so a few different things here so the author evan winter this guy is listed as canadian but he's actually born in england to south american parents south african south african no south South american American. oh that's what it says on his yeah on his listing let me just yeah, let me just verify that. All right, so yeah, no, according to his website, born in England to South American parents, Evan Winter was raised in Africa near the historical territory of his ancestors. So, I mean, talk about uh, an international presence here. Evan's been all over the place, and you can totally see that in the book. So it says his parents are from South America, but his ancestors are from Africa. Well, they move around. Your ancestors move around. Okay. I would assume that's what's going on here. Too. All right. Yeah, I think I think as Americans, we have a different perspective on lineage than a lot of people have because going pretty far back, most generations, like at least us three, our ancestors yeah. are from America. And so I think if you have like some ancestors from one country and some other ancestors from another country, then that can get a little bit more confusing or more diverse. All right, I won't sidetrack us on this anymore. But it's an important uh, it's important discussion to have because a huge part of the book is the fact that it's described as an African-inspired fantasy. And that's who the characters are. That's what the setting is. That's what a lot of the fantasy vocabulary in the book is. That's how, I mean, down to the way that the dialogue is written, that's what it is. And... I think that's something we need to talk about because it's a very important thing for fantasy to have this. We're getting away from just the typical European inspired fantasy. Now we have something that's literally African inspired. And how great is that, that we're going to have this, I mean, entire like opening up of another culture that we can get more into with fantasy. Yeah. And I really, really like this book. And that's just one of the reasons. Getting to experience a new take on fantasy from a different cultural perspective was a really cool experience. But as I was reading it, it kind of just became the world, right? Like it kind of became yeah, just yep. you you were living in this cool culture that was created. And when you step back, you can definitely see, um, from my limited you know understanding of 
different African cultures, you can see that influence on in it. But it just mm-hmm. was a really fun and entertaining read in addition to that. Yeah, I mean, almost similar to like when you're reading Stormlight Archive, you're like, well, this is in Roshar, we got all these different cultures, and you're right into it. Same thing here. The only difference being that this one's much more inspired by real life cultures in, in Earth, right? Yeah. Now, did you, you guys uh, read the book or did you listen to it on Audible? I did both. And I know people on Discord have made fun of me for listening too much. But no, I literally lis- I listened to large portions, but then I would go back and read as well because I was pretty into it and I wanted to pick up on what was going on. Yeah, I, I did. I, I listened to parts and read parts. And honestly, I felt like the listening to it kind of enhances the experience because the narrator of the book, he speaks the terms in, I mean, with like an African pronunciation, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the politically correct way to say it, but um, it helped immerse me more in the culture. Like, whereas, you know, there's lots of fantasy books that have words that can be hard to read or hard to understand. But I felt like having this book, this African fantasy book narrated by an African person, or I mean, somebody who at least has ancestry from Africa helped immerse me more in it. Yeah, absolutely. I The only thing that I struggled with was there's a lot of vocabulary words and names that I'm just not as familiar with because they were kind of along that line. And so I struggled to just pick up on, I guess, what was being said and then like get it all straight in my mind. So that's why I also wanted to go back and read too, because I mean, there's at least like five to six different pretty important words that all start with I that sound pretty similar. And so in order to solidify that, I wanted to read too. Yeah. So this book was self-published at first, actually, and then Orbit picked it up and signed Evan Winter onto a four-book deal. Fires of Vengeance comes out next week, literally a week from today. So we're going to try to maybe read that and record before Rhythm of War, but we cannot promise that. Phantology is coming up with our schedule for the upcoming couple months, and it's very busy, as you might expect. But we are very excited for Fires of Vengeance, and I think it's one that uh, we plan on reading as soon as possible. Yeah, and just going back to the self-published thing, it's like pretty amazing to me that this book didn't get picked up. I don't know how much shopping around Evan Winter did. I don't know if he even did shop it around or if he just self-published right away. But this was a standout first book from an author. I would have thought that a publisher would have put this thing up because it was really good. Yeah, like you say, it's hard to know exactly... Uh, what the extent of the self-publishing, you know, what the extent of him looking around was before he went to self-publishing. And I know it can be quite difficult. So I guess maybe that's a little discouraging to think, like if you're going to want to try to find someone before you self-publish and he wasn't able to with this. Uh, But at the same time, he was able to get on with publishers. So that's great. And, And he did try something pretty unique with this. And I know that that's sometimes hard to do with a lot of bigger publishers, but it was just done really well and it was written really well i thought yeah i feel like in fantasy in general we do kind of get a lot of similar things but i also think that the industry is uh moving towards where publishers are probably a bit more open and accepting of different different takes on fantasy you know rather than just your traditional european knights of the round table type thing with 
wiz- witches and wizards, you know? Yeah, we're for sure. I would be very surprised to see, you know, the next big author come out with something that's like, yeah, European Knights of the Round Table. I, I don't think there's much of an appetite for that unless you have a new twist for on it. Well, that's something that Brandon Sanderson is kind of doing with the Stormlight Archive is he kind of has the Knights Radiant as, you know, being literal knights. Right, but it's not European. It's this agglomeration it, it is kind of, of all these different cultures. Well, kind of, but it is, I think, still stemming from a European-influenced fantasy with there being knights and it being kind of like a there's royalty and there's a caste system. And I know that this has some of that too, but I think that it is more influence from European style fantasy than a book like this is. At the same time, Evan Winter is obviously pretty influenced by a lot of the same things in his bio. I mean, he talks about reading Wheel of Time and other things when he was growing up. So um, I don't think we're saying that this is a complete departure from what you've read before. There's a lot of books that you're going to think it's similar to. So let's talk about that. What if I if I gave you guys like one series or one book that you would say, um, if you like this book, then you also like Rage of Dragons. What would that series be? I feel like you're fishing for an answer here. And I'm going to say what I think you're fishing for, which is Red right. Rising. <laughs> I think Red Rising is a great comparison. So without saying any spoilers for either series, uh, why would you think that's the case? Well, it's similar in that you have this cast system set up and the main character uh, rises from one of the lower casts and his story is very much driven by vengeance. They're also super fast paced and action packed. And you follow one character through the whole time. It's kind of a blow by blow type of thing. Sometimes Red Rising maybe more so because of the choppy way that it's written is trying to get that effect. But uh, yeah, I thought, I mean, Red Rising is the sci-fi version. Rage of Dragons is almost the fantasy version to some extent. I thought they were very similar. Mm hmm. I yeah I did not love Red Rising but I really like this one so I know that, that everyone's sick of my hot take from Red Rising so I just hesitate to compare it's that but I don't know I think that if you've read if you like fantasy if you know you like fantasy I think you're gonna like this book including like maybe if you've read Mistborn I think that this is not super similar to Mistborn but I think it has a lot of the same elements of fast paced a lot of really yeah. well written action a younger protagonist that isn't entirely relatable to a lot of people, but is really well written. Look for my hot take on what Josh just said in the spoiler episode uh, coming up after this one. I think another good comparison would be, I like the Mistborn comparison in terms of kind of like general fantasy. Um, I think another good one would be name of the wind because of the way that it starts. You have your protagonist who's a little bit of a Mary Sue, let's be honest. And in both, um, and you follow them uh, in a really zoomed in lens and they have a hard time for the majority of the book. Uh, Name of the Wind is very different in terms of the quality of the prose and just like the focus that's put on making the prose what it is. I think this one is much more accessible and fast paced. But in terms of characters and just like generally what's going on, I think those two series are pretty similar. I think that this is a little bit grittier than something like name of the wind and i don't think it really yeah i don't know i mean quoth has a hard time out of it for yeah most but, of but the just book. the overall feeling of name of the wind is kind of yeah i don't know 
Maybe a little more lighthearted. This doesn't quite delve into being grimdark, I don't think, but it, it is pretty gritty yeah. feeling, if that makes sense. There are a few moments from this book where I was like, whoa, what the heck? That just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, maybe check out the spoiler episode for that. There's one line in particular that I was like, okay, interesting. <laughs> so as we close this uh, non-spoiler episode, Josh and Ryan, well, maybe one of you take one side, one of you take the other side. So why should you read this book is the question. And then on the flip side, why should you not read this book? Like, why would you pass and read something else? Ryan, I know you loved this one. So maybe we'll give you the why should you read? And Josh, give us some reason, like maybe why you should pass. All right. Um, Well, I think this is a very interesting departure from, uh, you know, your typical European fantasy. Um, I mean, there are a lot of traditional fantasy elements in it. There's a magic system. I mean, you have this uh, character fighting against crazy odds. I guess that's not really limited to fantasy itself. But Evan Winter adds a lot of really interesting elements in through his use of African terms. Are are these terms actually um, derived from real African culture or are they kind of like made up to sound african i don't i don't know that'd be a good question like stuff like inko kelly like that kind of sounds like it totally could be some yeah. uh historical word for like leader of a war war band or something like that but i don't know i would love to know all right well getting back to um why you should read it so you'll kind of be immersed in a totally different world than you might be used to and this this world is, I feel like, very fascinating. The action is fascinating. It really kept me moving forward, just wanting to know what was going to come next. And I think that the the characters are kind of fun, and it's just a book that's hard to put down. So it'll keep you reading from the beginning. Well, maybe from the first, from the I think about maybe 30% until the end, you'll read pretty quickly. Which is your experience, right? Didn't you stay up all night reading this? Um, yeah, so I, the last, I don't half of the book, maybe a little bit more, I read until like 7 in the morning. Yeah, so I it was, I, it's been, I can't remember the last time I stayed up that late reading a book. Yeah, so there's an endorsement right there. Okay, Josh. So... We don't want to be too negative, but like, give us a reason why maybe it like it might not be for everyone. So real quick, I looked up Inko Kelly, and it looks like it is um, a ter- like an old term for leader, and that's according to Wikipedia. So maybe it was just referencing Nailed that it. book, but I don't think so. It looked it looks like it's a legit term. So a big reason why you might not want to read this book is because it is just a first book in a what is going to be a four book series, and Evan Winter has a standout debut performance, but he hasn't really been tested with sequels or with how well he's going to run a series. Mm, yes. And so there's yep. always the chance that you might want to wait until the whole series is done. If you're one of those people that just will only read it, if you know the series is done or you might just want to wait to see if the quality, you know, stays high. So if you're one of those people that like can't stand that, the third name of the wind book is not out yet, then maybe you might want to wait until. Yep. Josh has invoked the Rothfuss clause on us. 
<laughs> remember this this also reminds me of something else though remember how good blood song was yeah and i yeah. feel like tower lord tower lord was still good but it wasn't quite as good and then yeah. queen of fire yeah. was, dang very similar wasn't that dang was that also from orbit picking up a self-published author i think that was penguin actually uh hopefully well fact check me there yeah I'm, I'm not sure what it was but yeah we could have a similar situation that would be that would be tragic so yeah that's that's kind of a reason why i don't say never read this book but you might want to wait to read this book until there's a little bit more um, established things going on okay so to close our non-spoiler give us a rating out of 10 for the book ryan what'd you think I would give it a 9 out of 10. Actually, let's go with 9.25. Oh, 9.25. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, make sure you're accurate down to that. If quarter. we're going quarter points, then I'm going 7.75. All right. Quarter points a lot for this episode, <laughs> not in the future. <laughs> so I would round up to 8. So I would say 7.75 for going quarter points, round it up to 8 if we're not. Nice. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 7.5. And if you want to hear my full reasoning on why, like, I liked it, but it wasn't my favorite book ever. I'm a little bit lower than it sounds like most other people that have read the book. I mean, I did like it quite a bit, but there were some things that weren't quite my favorite. So I'll talk about why Tao is the antagonist of the entire book, and it drove me crazy. But check that out in our next episode, which is going to be full spoilers. So thanks for listening. And Pentology, we'll see you guys next time.